A blessed Sunday to all. Today's scripture reading is from Mark chapter 5, verses 21 to 43. Jesus raises a dead girl and heals a sick woman. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because, she thought, if I touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, <clears throat> and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples asked. And yet, you, are, you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha koam, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Thank you. Greetings to you all in the name of 
Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I, my heart is overwhelmed and filled with joy, and that always happens to me. <laughs> and uh, I am a joyful man in Christ Jesus because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Today, I'm so joyous and happy to see my colleague, ex-colleague, uh, Brother Saji Isho. We worked together for so many years among the students, and uh, he's the uh, General Secretary of Union of Evangelical Students of India. So we have joined as a young fellows, and uh, now we are all uh, with families and grown-up children. And uh, another family from Ludhiana, a long a distant, long connected family of Brother Philip Christian and Denise and this is Sheila, welcome. And uh, overjoyed by them. Okay, so we had organized a number of camps uh, where the, he was the administrator with CMC. And so we have a long connections. And with the Saji issue, we have organized lots of camps. So you can see our joy, how we are connected connected across the whole of the country. And today, thank you for joining us also. And all of you, I want to welcome in the name of Jesus Christ, those who are worshiping online and those who are hearing God's word. Having worked with uh, medical professionals for many years, I this uh, hear from the doctors, I'm on call duty, I'm on call. Have you heard them? Uh, telling you who's on call duty when there are many doctors here they know what they you know what I mean by on call and especially in the medical professionals they are on call and that is to indicate they will be called at any time invited or rather they are on command okay to go and respond for an emergency for any accidents and today morning we just now prayed for those who perished and for those who are severely injured and who lost their precious ones in the worst of ever country's uh, rail accidents. When I saw the animated, I kept watching three, four times, and my heart went after those who perished. And they are all being treated. Well, they all need healing. And they are looking for somebody who can revive them, give them life put their parts of body back. Today, we are going to look at a very interesting topic called inviting the life giver. Life giver. That's none other than God himself, Lord Jesus himself. And uh, here, we read a passage that is combination of two miracles clubbed together. There are three Gospels, which we call them as synoptic Gospels. And, uh, uh, you know, theologians say Ma uh, Matthew and Luke collected a lot of information, took the information from Mark Gospel, and they have written in their perspective or how they wanted to present it, uh, how they wanted to present the Gospel to their audience and to their recipients of the Gospels. And therefore, this, we don't know why these two run together and they are very interesting. And that involves healing of two people and they are very unique people. And we come across a person called Jairus who is again very unique in his 
uh, in his very uh, person himself. So before we proceed for the message, devotion, understanding God's word, shall we look to God in prayer? Lord, we thank you for this written word of God to us, the scripture that is, bring, uh, that is, that is brought to us. And Lord, looking at your miraculous work in the lives of people, we are given the message for us to trust and believe and follow you. Today, once again, inspire us as we ponder upon this word. In Christ Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. As I just gave an introduction, we look for somebody who can give us restoration of life, especially those who are suffering with sickness or um, terminal illness. And today morning, I also got a very shocking news from my own family member. I lost my sister two years back and her husband is afflicted by jaundice. And uh, news comes, he's very serious. That's at about seven o'clock. I don't know what to do. So, whom shall I call? Whom shall I invite? And uh, he himself is a medical doctor. And there are enough people who can attend, but then he's refusing to go to a hospital. Uh, that's one way to put it up. And now look at the other way. Now, when there is an emergency, when there is an urgency, and when there is something life-threatening, we call to the doctor, run to the doctor. Having worked with the medical professional, I have seen how patients will come. Doctor, doctor, please come, please come. Nurse, please come. Or call various attendants in the ward to attend their particular patient. It's, you know, that's disturbing for them because they are uh, worried about losing their own relative. Now, I'll come back to the passage. Jairus, he is the leader of a synagogue. I don't know how you understand synagogue. Well, Bible talks about the temple of the Lord and synagogue. And where did synagogue come from? The temple is the one Lord established through giving the master plan, even for King David and Solomon, they built and that was destroyed. And then the later temple came up. And now when there was a lull period between Malachi to Matthew, people were scattered. They were in exile, Jews or the so-called Israelites were scattered. And during that period, when, whenever, wherever the Jews went and were in exile, they started grouping together and called themselves to gather in a worship place called synagogue. So the system of synagogue evolved around that New Testament period. And uh, you are familiar with Pharisees and Sadducees. Who is Jairus? Come back to look at his background. As we look at this uh, particular passage, verse 21 of chapter 5, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there, 
Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet. A synagogue leader is somebody a unique guy. We have elders, right? A couple of elders are in our church. Brother Vio, who was leading, is one of our elders. Brother Sanjay was there. Brother Franklin there. And we make a team of leadership for the church. Now he is called as synagogue leader. What do you mean by that? He, the leader of the synagogue, supposed to oversee. He's, he was an administrator looking after all the affairs of synagogue, the Jews, their religious functioning, and how they maintain the scroll, how they would conduct the worship, how they, the collection of funds are made, prayers are done, all these things was looked after by this leader. So Jairus was not an ordinary person, and he is not called to fall at somebody's feet. He is not supposed to worship a human being. And at that was a time, Pharisees, Sadducees, and the teachers of the law were looking for a chance to eliminate Jesus. And now, how did Jairus recognize? There is a uniqueness of this Jairus and his invitation. A leader of the synagogue, if, I, if, uh, if you look at this picture, there is one man standing out, the odd one out in the crowd. There are so many people, crowd thronging. Everyone is, they, they were all onlookers looking for a miracle. But Jairus comes with one plea and saying, falling at the feet of Jesus, recognizing the life giver and is giving an invitation. This inviter himself became a very unique fellow. By doing so in the public, he is bound to lose his job. He will be rather dismissed. Our disciplinary action could have been initiated. He will be disqualified because he is falling at someone's feet and he is worshipping. And so there you see something else. There is a particular timing. He comes at a time when Jesus is going around in that area of Capernaum and performing so many miracles. And there were a couple of uh, miracles that had happened in the same chapter in the previous passage. And now around that time, he is coming. What was his plea to ask Jesus to do? Let's look at verse 26. Uh, verse uh, 23. And pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. And so Jesus went with him. The laying of hands and healing, they were there in the Jewish culture. And so the way that he approached Jesus that indicated he is coming at an emergency call. It's an urgent call. And that's a time he is pleading to come and lay his, uh, his, uh, Jesus' hands upon the daughter so that she may live. That is indicative of the disease. What was the disease? We don't know. It was not described. Although the woman who suffered 12 years of hemorrhage or bleeding, 
it was indicated what happened to that woman's sickness or with her sickness. In another passage in Matthew, that 12 year suffering woman had gone to all the medical fellows and they could not restore her. And here it is not, uh, it is uh, not very clearly told what kind of treatment she uh, was given. But then the disease was described. We don't know but about the girl, the 12 year old, uh, old girl's disease. But then the timing is mentioned. He is coming with an urgent call, emergency call. Jesus, will you come and restore her so that she will leave? And the timing is one that's where what happened. That's where this intertwined with one more incident. We will not go into it. And there was a time a woman comes to touch the edge of the garment of Jesus. And that's the time the woman got healed because she had a faith to touch the edge of Jesus, hem of the cloth of Jesus, so that she will receive blessing, she will receive healing. And around that time, Jesus felt some power has gone out of him. And he stops and moves around. The way it is narrated, the large crowd followed. We don't know how large it was. People were falling upon each other. I don't know whether you were in part of any crowd or, you know, uh, between the crowded places. Only when you go to Sarojini Nagar or Lashpet Nagar market, you will know what that crowd means. Crowd thronging. Had people fallen upon you? Yeah. Uh, they will, you know, if there is going to be a rush hour, people will keep falling upon you. And here that, that was happening because people were only onlookers. There were so many who touched Jesus, so many who held the cloth of Jesus. And there were so many with various physical needs. But there came one woman and there there is a man standing joyous and Jesus stopped. And he is looking around. Who touched me? Who touched me? Even disciples said, sir, you know, what a, you know, what a kind of question you are asking. This is not a good question you are asking. You are such a great uh, person and celebrity for us and you are a healer. Don't ask such question. It looked ridiculous question. Not a so brilliant question. And Jesus, no, somebody touched me. The power has gone from me. And the woman came and confessed, yes, Lord, I did. And she, Jesus told her, it is because of your faith you will. The loss of time was happening around that moment. There was a delay. There was a distraction. There was a disruption. And the man Jairus' patience was probably got tested. And he needed to wait for a couple of more minutes. And then what did happen there? I will take you to the passage, verse 31. You see the people crowding against you, the disciples answered. And yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who touched, who had done that. There is a question answer hour going on, interaction going on, and then then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And see the interactive time was taking away the emergency hour 
for the Jairus's daughter. And then 35, while Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler, your daughter is dead. They said, why bother the teacher anymore? The news, flash news came. Daughter, no more. Anytime when treatment was going on, somebody told you, your grandfather is no more, your mother is no more. Yeah, I was uh, online when my dad was having a heart attack and um, news was flashing. We are rushing him to the hospital. CPR is done and we are trying to revive him. And then the next call comes, he's no more. <laughs> yes, I was waiting to get a call because those days I did not have a mobile. Somebody else had a mobile. They were getting the message on and off. Your dad is no more. I was in a conference and I was the coordinator of the conference. And uh, I couldn't take all the messages, what was coming to that so-and-so. So the point is, the flash message comes. That is very disturbing. There is patience put on test. So the uniqueness of the inviter, that is Jairus, is getting tested. The timing is getting tested. In the middle of the crowd, his patience is put to test. Then what did happen? And then the real fear came to pass. Daughter, no more. And but then what did Jesus tell? Don't be afraid, just believe verse 20, uh, 34. He said to her, uh, no, uh, when 35, well, Jesus was still speaking. Some men came and told from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler, your daughter is dead. They said, why bother? Verse 36, ignoring what they said, Jesus told, the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. There is a call by Jesus to the inviter to wait and to fight the fear, to take control of the tides, to call him to see how much he will trust. His trust was expressed in verse 23. Come, lay hand, she will be all right. What a strong faith. And Jesus there is assuring. Now let us go on to see the uniqueness of the life giver. We know those, the life givers are somebody, maybe the organ donors or blood donors are those who rush the life-saving drugs in the hospital. Here, the life giver himself is standing there. We are going to look at him. And it is Jesus. And he is more than healing the daughter. Now Jesus is going to do extraordinary thing of doing the impossible. Rising the dead. Now here he gives a call. Call to believe. Call to focus. Not to be distracted. Not to get diverted by the hearing what he will get it in the air from the news that is coming from home. The unbelief of so many people around him. And so what do we see there? He is calling for a focus. Believe and the healing is on the way. Daughter died. 
daughter was sick, daughter died, both you don't need to worry. God is coming, the unique life giver is giving, the on call, God is coming to your risk. And so, what do we see there? He has authority on time, nature, and circumstances. He is on time. His authority is proclaimed. Jairus, hold on. I am coming. Don't be afraid. Just believe. And now he is giving an authoritative command to him. The time is not lost. The circumstances is not going to perturb Jairus. He is controlling the situation and he is on time. And he, is, he knows the roadblocks. He knows the hurdles and he is going to cross over. When Jesus is invited in other places, if you read the other passages, there was one occasion, you know, everybody want Jesus at their home. But wherever he was there, the miracle did happen for those who received him. And here, the persistent inviter is not giving up his hope and Jesus is assuring him we, because he's a unique life giver, he's giving his authority. And now what did happen there? altered the destiny of the child and parents. Jesus commands my destiny. You sing the song, do you? He commands my, Jesus commands my destiny. That's what we sing in Christ alone. Now look at how the destiny is going to be changed. It is the uniqueness of the life giver is coming, walking to the house, to the inviter. And there Jesus goes with him. And by then, by reading in Matthew, there were flute players. There were mourners. They are indicating the daughter died. Only daughter. And that to Jairus' leader's daughter. And very unique occasion. She was sick, sick unto death. And she's no more. And Jesus is being rushed there. The moment Jesus was going there, there is a commotion. The commotion was such, people were mourning. So when you go to the mourner's house, how do you do? What do you do? You also shed tears. You weep with them. Do you remember when Jesus went to Lazarus' house, Mary Martha's house, and Jesus was confronted by these two sisters. Jesus, you did not turn up. Why did you come so late? Had you been before time, my brother could have been healed. Jesus wept. He is the one who is an empathizer. We saw last time when I was doing the study from the event of nine's uh, widow's son being risen. And now look at here he comes again. He is going to command the destiny of the child and the parents. And the father, not perturbed, not perplexed, he took the life giver right into the house. And going into the house, Jesus said, can you all stop this flute playing? Stop the mourning? Stop the mourners? Please ask them to move. He said, she is asleep. She is sleeping. She is resting. What a comforting word. Even to Lazarus, he said the same. 
he is asleep i am coming these are all something very unique statements of jesus christ he is altering the destiny now you will wonder why he is not doing all this raising up all the dead people or raising up all the sick people remember he knows the destiny here it is a very particular way that jesus is coming to do this miracle it's not common it's very uncommon and familiar things are happening but for a very important purpose for that jairus jairus if you take him and compare with nicodemus nicodemus came in the night a pharisee so here he is coming in the open and he is taking jesus in the open and there when jesus said his she is only sleeping he is again facing the hardship the mockery by others they laughed all of them laughed at jesus <laughs> what happened to you jesus the girl is dead you delayed you came very late you didn't even pray do the closing prayer she is gone anyway let's do the funeral prayer when jesus is there do you need a funeral hallelujah he is a life giver standing to raise you to life he is come to give life hallelujah there when jairus saw this commotion jairus commanded yes please follow what he says out flute players out mourners out he had his three disciples their favorite guys james john and peter and uh, this mother and father five people witnessing and the girl is on the bed talita kum damsel dear girl dear daughter wake up rise she rose up she rose up change the destiny jairus's play was heeded by jesus i am just wondering what person he was why such a favor to jairus it is to tell us so many lessons we are going to look at some of this important lesson jairus brought a great life changer jesus the life changer life giver he brought home has he come to your home has your life completely changed has the destiny changed for you have you reverted the order of life yes the daughter died lazarus died nine women uh, widow son died but jesus is at your door my respond to the life giver my response bring the life giver home you would say yeah jesus is in my life jesus is at my home he is unseen guest and he is in every conversation he is present in my home how true it is when you make that statement is it so true bringing the life giver to home is to give charge of situation how many times we get pulled up the way that people told your daughter is no more and how many times he get perturbed oh i am the leader of this synagogue if i follow jesus's feet i will be disqualified i will be removed from my office i will lose my job we are afraid of so many things we are afraid of confessing worshiping the almighty god the life giver how many times you felt ashamed of jesus to tell his name to take his name to fall at his feet and worship him and proclaim him as god 
Many times we hesitated to tell that you are a Christian, tell that you worship the Lord Jesus Christ, you have shielded yourself. How many gyruses are here? Are you gyrus to take him home? The uniqueness of inviter is seen in you, reflecting in you, going unashamedly to confess Jesus is Lord and take him home. And so he gave charge of his home. Jesus came into the home. Talitakum, get up and walk. Get up and walk. Now look at the incidents around this situation. Jesus was touched by an unclean woman. She, he could have become unclean by the whatever rules, regulations of Jewish custom. Here he is touching a dead body. He could have become unclean. But Jesus overrules everything. He is charge of life. I call Jesus Christ my UPS. Last time we saw him GPS. Here he is UPS. You know what is UPS? Uninterrupted power supply. <laughs> uninterrupted power supply. Jairus came to the uninterrupted power supply. Is Jesus providing power in your life? Is he your drive force in your life? Jairus took him like that. And give room for him. Let him take control. He will remove all the mourners, unbelievers, unbelief from your house. How many times we get perturbed when sickness comes? Brothers and sisters, I'm not exaggerating. Today morning news from my own, my nephew and niece and my family members. It could have shocked me. I said, Lord Jesus, you take this control of this situation. I need to travel. I need to, you know, have control of so many other things. Lord, hold him safe. He served the Lord. And my sister served the Lord in a mission field. I can only plead to the Lord, Lord control my family situation. And the Lord is controlling. And he is taking control. Nothing untoward will happen. That's our faith. And therefore, give charge and give room for him so that he will be in control. Introduce the life giver to others. How do you introduce the life giver to others? When Jesus walked into Jairus' house, he said, everybody, please be out. Although Jesus commanded them, please don't tell anybody. But then, you know, the news was going around. It was proclaimed. The life giver is there. It is the new life he is going to give in your life. You will forsake everything. You will forget all the shock of your life, despair and all the delay, and you will defy all the death and unbelief. You will follow him unconditionally, obey him. And that's what is Jesus is giving. He's uh, life, the truth, and the way to Father God. Having come to him, how will I introduce him to others? How will I introduce him? Have you introduced him to some people? What is point of your introduction to introducing Jesus to others? Like the leader Jairus, will you come in the public to confess his Lord is a life giver and fall at his feet in worship and adore him? Yes, that is what we are here to do. That's going to be my response. Let me fall at his feet 
Let me take the life from him. Let me take the life changer, life giver. And then I would be able to reach out his hand and cling to him. I will take him to my home and he will have control and charge of my home. Have you given? How many times you fiddle with that? You give charge to somebody, but then you keep on poking your nose into that. I have seen, if they say this is your house, but then they all the instructions follow. But here you cannot instruct Jesus. He will give you instruction. Are you ready to follow? Let us bow down for a moment and pause for this moment to recollect inviting Jesus, the life giver. I know you have invited him in your life, but then you see, in true control, charge of your life, we all invite him, Jesus come into my heart, Jesus come into my heart. Yes, we have done so many times. But will I be like Jairus? Let the uniqueness of the inviter be visible in me. Ponder and rededicate your life to introduce the life giver to the unbelievers around you. The life giver wants to give new life. From the deadness of sin, he is giving resurrection. From being lost in sins, he is giving a destiny, eternal life, life beyond death. Why not introduce that life? Everyone born in this world has to die. But those who are born again, there is only one death. There is no eternal death. He is giving eternal life. Receive that life. If by chance you are here having not received that life for eternity, say, Lord Jesus, you come into my heart. You come into my life, into my home. You will take control. You will revive me. You will put your life in me. Thank and praise you, O Lord Jesus, for this time as we devote ourselves like Jairus to proclaim about you and inform everyone about the life giver. Let there be transformation of lives and the destiny of the people will be changed as much as you change the destiny at that moment to give a new life, new lease of life to Jairus' daughter. Father God, you have given a new lease of life giving me the hope to live eternally and I will pass it on. I will give to others. I will not hesitate. I will not, Lord, shy away and I will go proclaim about you and I will be a true worshiper to you. In Christ Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. May I kindly request the singing team to come forward and lead us in the time of collection of our worship, our offering as a worship. <laughs>